Pastor Jen here at the ICF Rome Bella Vita offices. Wow, it is today, it really is April 1. Yesterday I said it was April 1 and it was March 31st, but it is the first day of April. We're just a few days away from celebrating Easter, Resurrection Sunday, one of my favorite times. And um, this is our last Thursday Connect with our book, Be Comforted by Warren Wearsby. This has been an awesome book study. So as you're jumping on, type in the chat, let me know that you're there and how you're doing and where you're watching from. I'm so happy that we get to be together. Hi, Helen. Hi, Eunicia. Good morning. Good morning. I got my tea. You maybe already had your cappuccino. This is a funny thing. So, Pastor Rick, hi, Barb. I'm so glad you're with us. You should get the prize for waking up the earliest and the most consistent. Barb has been with us. Can you believe it, Barb? It's been a year, a year since we started um, when we were on COVID lockdown a year ago. And Barb started watching with us on Thursday morning. And she's just stayed with us. She, you're one of us now on Thursday Connect. So when they open the airways, you and Laura and Jack and the kids have got to come and visit us again in Rome, Italy. That would be awesome. And so I am just so excited again for those who will be jumping on in a little bit. This is our last chapter of our book, Be Comforted by Warren Wearsby. We're starting on this last page called The King... The Kingdom and the Glory, page, uh, chapter 13, page 181. And um, I also want, I will try to remember to show it later also, but this is what our next book looks like. It is uh, Trustworthy, a study of First and Second Kings by Lisa Turquist. And we will be starting this, um, I think we're going to start it on the first Thursday in May. We're going to take a couple weeks off. Um, I'll have some uh, encouraging videos posted for you on Thursdays, so we'll stay in touch, but then we will start. And here's something else I want you to know. What we would like to try to do is for the next book study, as well as a couple, I'll give you some advance notice, we want to do a Zoom. So we will put the registration, and you can always find it at icfrome.org and click register here for all the things that are available. But we want to do a Zoom Bible study for the next one so that we can even interact more, we can talk with each other, we can see each other. But because we have so many, literally hundreds of people who watch us on live, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, after when they can and they find great um, you know, spiritual benefit from these book studies, it will also go live where our, our audience who doesn't want to be on camera can be seen. Now, if you're in a Zoom and you don't want to be seen, you just mute your video um, and we'll give you instruction about that. But I really want my ladies from Thursday Connect and men, I've got a couple pastors. If you can join us, we would love for you to register and click the link in a, in a couple weeks. And what we'll do is we'll try one and we'll just have some praise and testimony and uh, see how it goes. And then when we get ready to start our next book, which is called Trustworthy by Lisa Turquist, a study on the book of the Kings, first and second Kings. Um, some of you may know Lisa Turquist is an excellent author and writer of Bible studies. She went through a very, very difficult betrayal in her marriage and took a sabbatical and, but God has restored and is in the process of restoring. And she writes about it in this book about the great disappointments in her life that came out of, you know, a surprise. No one expects to be disappointed. And um, as she studies the Kings, we see that none of those people were perfect either in the Bible, but God's grace and mercy covers all of us. Amen. So we are thankful for that. Good morning, Tim. We're happy to have you with us today. Oriana, I'm just scrolling down here. So one of the things I would like you to do as we start this morning's, um, this last chapter is what has stuck with you the most 
during this book study on Isaiah and on the concept of being comforted. Um, type that in the chat. What has impacted you or stuck with you the most? Um, what has blessed you the most doing this particular book study on Isaiah for the end of 20, 2020, end of 2020 and 2021? What has blessed you about this book study? Because as people read it, I want them to know why it's really beneficial. It's been so beneficial for me. I um, One of the things that I have so appreciated is that uh, it says on the back of the book, which I happened to pick up in 2018. So I didn't know anything about COVID when I picked up this book, planning ahead for book studies. And the Lord knew what we were gonna need. It says, discover the true source of your strength. And in fact, the definition on the back says, Isaiah was God's chosen prophet in a time of political unrest. He pleaded with the Israelites to turn from their sin and return to God in humble repentance so their nation could receive deliverance and restoration. And he said, the author, this is a message we still need today. And he wrote it in 1994. And I'm saying to you, this is a message we still need today in 2021. Amen. We need to know that God is faithful, that we need to be a holy people that put God first and that God always has a plan. So to give you a little recap of Isaiah, remember that Isaiah is kind of like a mini Bible. You know, there are 39 books in the Old Testament and 27 books in the New Testament. Well, in Isaiah, the first 39 books are really about Old Testament history and what was going on in that day and age. And then the last 27 books are more about the Messiah to come and the Redeemer and the prophecy. And so we see a great correlation between, for example, Isaiah 65, 66 and Revelation at the end of the book. Um, and you'll see that as we go along. And here's the thing. We've learned for many, many years now that we've been doing these Thursday Connects. The Bible has a seamless thread from Genesis to Revelation. It is cohesive and coherent and relevant for our lives today. And God wants us to know historically what happened. Because when we remember what God did, we know what God will do. When we remember what God did... We know what God will do. Amen, Barb, that God always makes a plan and a way out. I love that. That's so good. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. What else that has impacted you the most? Unicia, don't be shy. You got to tell us something. I'm so thankful for Unicia and Helen and Barb and Horiana, Cherry, who have all helped to make videos as well for... Um, these book studies and these Thursday Connects, it's been really, really awesome. So let's get into this last chapter. And I just want to pray. Um, I just felt like the Lord woke me up at like, well, I woke up this morning with a migraine. I don't think the Lord did that. But as I begin to pray and speak the name of Jesus, I mean, miraculously, the migraine began to subside. It's gone now, which is very unusual to have it for a short term, short time. And I felt like the Lord was saying, don't ever forget to praise me and to ask prayer. Both of those things are so important to our walk with Christ. I need prayer. You need prayer. The children of Israel needed prayer. And, um, and then we praise God and we are thankful for God because that is a historical uh, praise report that we can look back on and say, yes, God always does make a way out. God always does have a plan. So Father, today... As we look at your kingdom, the future glory, and all that you have to offer us, Lord, we see the promises and the prophecies, but we know that the predictions are fulfilled at every turn, and you promise that you would be with us in every circumstance, and that is also a promise that will be fulfilled in each of our lives, and really it is fulfilled every day. So Lord, I pray you bless everyone who hears now, who hears later, and those who share it, God, that they would also be blessed with wonderful conversations to encourage a friend to stay true and to know that with God, we can be comforted. Amen. With God's word, we can be comforted. Amen.
we can be comforted. I find comfort in hearing the testimonies in scripture. That is so powerful to me. <clears throat> I find comfort knowing that Isaiah was relevant. Then, 2,000 years ago, before Jesus ever came, in 1994, when this author wrote this book, and now in 2021, and this is like a time capsule for somebody who will say, what happened during COVID back in the world? Well, I'll tell you what happened. More and more people heard the gospel. More and more of us realized that the church is not a building, it's a people. And that in the presence of the Almighty God and the Holy Spirit, God does amazing things. COVID can't stop the resurrection. Amen? COVID cannot stop the resurrection. So let's see what it says. Grace is but glory begun, said Jonathan Edwards, and glory is but grace perfected. Whatever begins with God's grace will lead to God's glory. And that includes the nation of Israel. Isaiah began his book of consolation, the part in 40 to 66, by promising in chapter 40, verse 5, that the glory of the Lord would be revealed. Now he's going to conclude for us describing that glory. And in these seven chapters, Isaiah 60 to 66, he uses the word glory in one form or another at least 23 times. When God's glory is on the scene, everything becomes new. So he referenced 1 Peter 5.10, and I just wanted to read it for you. It says, and the God of all grace, 1 Peter 5.10, and the God of all grace who called you, somebody type in the chat, he called me. God called me. He knows my name. He knows your name. And the God of all grace who called you, to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. He will restore you. Amen. He will restore you if you stand firm. You can type it in the chat for me. God called me. God called us to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus. And I love that it says, and after we have suffered a little while, we've suffered, it's been a challenge this, this time period of COVID and we're in the fourth wave here in Rome and we're um, sort of free, not really. The restaurants aren't open. You can't go sit in a restaurant. You can't uh, go to you know other cities. You gotta stay in your locale, um, but Tomorrow we go back on red lockdown, but we are allowed to come to church on Sunday. So we want you to come to church on Sunday, um, be online at 11.45 or on campus at 10 a.m. and 11.45, you need to register, print your registration so that people will know you're going to church. But everything we suffer through, God redeems it for his glory and his purposes. Amen? God redeems it for his glory and his purposes. God is faithful. Now, we had a little bit of problem with our uh, live feed last night in our Wednesday prayer. So um, I will be checking my phone every now and then in case somebody's telling me something. So here, I, I kind of, normally we sit around the table and we all take a turn reading a passage. But we're talking about the dawning of a new day. Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 22, says that it's a wake-up call for Jerusalem because a new day is dawning for Israel. This light is not from the sun, but from the glory of God shining on the city. So it's a new day, it's April 1, the spring is in the air, the flowers are starting to bloom, sinuses are going crazy, um, but God is doing a new thing. You need to type that in the chat. God is doing a new thing. He wants his mercies are new every morning. We have this confidence that God is for us. So God's glory had once dwelt in the tabernacle. We saw that in, also in Exodus and 1 Samuel 4, only to depart because of Israel's sin. So here's the thing. We can't sin and expect for God to be with us the kingdom and the glory. But he said in 1 Peter 5.10, you may suffer for a little while, but after that, I will make you strong and firm and steadfast. 
strong and firm and steadfast. So I hope you are making comments because I don't see them and I want to see your comments. Amen. Um, the glory came to Israel in the person of Jesus Christ, John 1, 14. But the nation that nailed that glory to a cross. Today, God's glory dwells in his church, in his people. 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 19 and 20 and Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. It's starting at verse 19 of Ephesians chapter 2. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people. You and me, we're citizens together. We're citizens in heaven. We have our identity documents in God. You're no longer foreigners. You're members of God's household. Verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Amen. So we praise God for all that he is doing. Let me see what's happening here. I think maybe the, I see some chats. Can somebody send me a message or let me know that you're getting it? Are you getting it? Okay. Um, so let me go on so that we don't get sidetracked. You can watch it later because it is being recorded. And we want to make sure that you're getting on. I'm on page 182 of Be Comforted. It says that the Babylonian captivity had been the nation's darkest hour. But that was not the darkness Isaiah was describing. He was describing, uh, thank you for helping me girls. He was describing the awful darkness that will cover the earth during the day of the Lord. Amos 5.18 speaks about the day of the Lord. When God punishes the nations of the earth for their sins. But the prophet was also describing the glorious light that will come to Israel when her Messiah returns to reign in Jerusalem. Then the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, Habakkuk 2.14 says. And Israel's sons and daughters will come home again and all of them will know the Lord. Isn't that powerful? Uh, I love that. Isaiah chapter 60. So I'm in my big, those of you that have been with me, you know I got this big, heavy life application study Bible to look over Isaiah with, but I love it. Isaiah 60 is where we're starting in this beginning of this chapter, the day of the Lord and the glorious light. So here's what I think Isaiah is saying to us to be comforted today. Lift up your eyes, verse 4, Isaiah 60, verse 4. All assemble and come to you. Your sons and your come from afar and your daughters are carried on the arm. Here you go. Here's a prophecy for you. Then you will look and be radiant. Amen. You will look and be radiant. God wants you to be radiant. Hallelujah. He loves us. And he wants your heart to throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. Can somebody say amen? The wealth on the seas is going to be brought to me. And to the riches of the nations will come. He says in verse 8, Who are these that fly along like clouds, like doves to their nests? Surely the islands look to me in the land in the lead are the ships of Tarshish, bringing your sons to the honor of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Mm. God is faithful. He makes a way out. He promises that prediction. It is so powerful. And I'm going to skip on down as you guys are sharing with me. 
wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Okay. If you're if you're chatting, just keep on sharing with me. Okay. I want to I want to know what the Lord is saying to you about Isaiah. I'm on page 182. It will be the dawning of a new day for the nations of the world as well as for Israel. The Gentiles will come to worship the Lord. Some people spiritualize these promises and apply them to the Gentiles coming to Christ and his church. But that's not the basic interpretation. Isaiah literally saw ships and caravans bringing people and wealth. Even Israel's old enemies will submit and help to serve the Lord. Now let's look in verse 15, chapter 60, verse 15 and 22. Starting with verse 15, although you have been forsaken, Isaiah 60, verse 15, although you have been forsaken and hated with no one traveling through. Wow. Does that sound like 2021? Uh, nobody's coming to Italy. All the doors are closed. We can't travel. He's saying, I will make you the everlasting pride and the joy of all generations. You will drink the milk of nations and be nursed at royal breast. Then you will know that I, the Lord, your Savior, your Redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob, instead of bronze, I will give you gold. Instead of silver, I will give you silver in place of iron. And instead of wood, I will bring you bronze uh, and iron in place of stones. I will make peace, your governor and righteousness, your ruler. I will make peace. This is verse 17. The Lord saying to you, I will make peace the governor of your life. You know, a governor regulates what's happening in the commune or in the state, and they don't always make the right decisions, and they, they don't always make the wrong decisions, but they regulate things for people, right? God is saying, I'm going to make peace your governor. Can you imagine if the governor of your life was peace? So everything has to come in alignment with peace when I'm thinking about sickness, when I'm thinking about resources, when I'm thinking about relationships, and can't have one without the other. Peace is my governor, but righteousness is my ruler. So I must give to God my right living. That's what righteousness means. I must give to God my right living. Amen? I must give to God my right living. Let me ask you, type in the chat for me, what do you do on a weekly basis, I won't say daily, but it should be daily. What do you do on a weekly basis to make sure you stay in right standing with the Lord? What do you do? What do you pour in so that you can pour out righteousness for the Lord? Type that in the chat. Daily, I do this to stay close to the Lord. Weekly, I do this to stay close to the Lord. Many of us are doing Thursday Connect to grow in the knowledge of what the word says. Um, in verse 18 of chapter 60, it says, No longer will you hear violence in your land or ruin and destruction at your borders, but you will call the wall salvation. Not, not a wall of blocking, but salvation. And the gate will be called praise. Here's another way the Bible goes through. In Psalm it says, Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with praise and, and thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So here we have in Isaiah 60, verse 18, we see in Psalm 100 that God is saying the gates that swing open for you to come and go are the gates of praise. Amen. And God wants you to be powerful in his eyes. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to be sure. And he is faithful. He is faithful, faithful, faithful. So the Lord in verses 15 to 22 now, we see that he has described the joys and the wonders of the glorious kingdom. The nation will no longer be forsaken. I will make peace your governor and righteousness your ruler, and there will be a holy city. And we see that again in Revelation 21 and 22. I love verse 21 and 22 of Isaiah 60. It says, your sun will never set again and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light and your days of sorrow will end. 
Then will all your people be righteous. They will possess the land. They are the shoot I have planted, the works of my hand, the display of my splendor. The least of you will become a thousand and the smallest a mighty nation because I am the Lord and in its time, I will do it swiftly. Did you hear that? Your days of sorrow will come to an end. We are gonna celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Jesus went to the cross, Good Friday happened, and on Good Friday, people were sad, they were mad, they were crying, they were wailing. The enemy and his demons in hell were cheering, thinking they had killed Jesus. And everybody was saying, it's Friday. It's a day of destruction. They didn't know that Sunday was coming and God has a plan for you today. God has a plan for you today. The days of sorrow will end. Now, whether that ends here or in heaven with God's kid, it doesn't matter because to be in the presence of the Lord, peace is my governor. Somebody needs to type that in the chat. Peace is my governor. Peace is my governor. You have got to get a hold of that. Hallelujah. There, I'm just going to tell my people that are working on this. It's, I see a comment pinned. I don't know how to unpin it. Oh my goodness. Sorry, guys. I'm just going to have to keep going. And uh, ah, now I see all your comments. There we go. I don't know what Facebook is doing to me. All right, we're going to keep going because I need to see your comments. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I, I love that this chapter of Isaiah. Okay, so now we're on page 183. 183. And it talks about the beginning of a new life. The Lord speaks. Jesus quoted from this passage when he spoke in the synagogue in Nazareth, Isaiah 61.1, one of my favorite verses and something that I have been declaring lately. Who can tell me what Isaiah 61.1 says? What is one part of that passage? You type it in the chat for me, okay? Type in the chat what you see. Type in the chat what you see in Isaiah 61. What speaks to you? What speaks to you right now? Hmm? What speaks to you right now? For me, yes, the Lord has anointed me. Or that I'm supposed to help the poor. Sunday, we're going to be able, Pastor Rick's going to the big store to buy more groceries today before the grocery stores are closing again. Well, they kind of stay open, but anyway, the big store. And we're going to give groceries away on Sunday for Easter Sunday. I can take good news to the poor. I can, I'm sent to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness, instead of mourning, in the garment of praise, instead of a spirit of despair. And here it is. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. God is so faithful. I'm going to go back and read all these comments when I'm done today. I want you to know Isaiah 61 is for you. The spirit, type that in the chat. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. The spirit of the sovereign Lord, if you're God's child, God's son or daughter, the spirit of the sovereign Lord wants to descend on you. He doesn't want us to get the glory. He wants Jesus to get the glory. We want God to get the glory. And as we are planted like an oak of righteousness, peace is our governor and righteousness is our ruler. God will bless our lives no matter what the circumstances are with that abundant peace abundant peace. I'm telling you, I have witnessed it time and time and time again in times of great sorrow. And he said, the sorrow will end in Isaiah 60 verse 20. The sorrow will end when the Messiah comes. He says, I, I'm on 61 10 says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in God. He has clothed me 
with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness like a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and a bride adorns herself with her jewels for as the soil makes the new growth the sprout come up the garden causes seeds to grow wow now i wasn't going to speak on that specifically but I'm, isaiah 61 11. the garden causes the seeds to grow the garden where your seeds are planted causes those seeds to grow so let me just tell you something if you're sowing seeds of hate and jealousy and bitterness and unforgiveness and you're in a garden of wickedness those seeds are going to grow the garden causes the seed to grow Amen. That's a strong word, Pastor Jen. But if you're in a garden with God's people where he is the vine and we are the branches and you put a little seed of faith the size of a mustard seed, but there's a whole bunch of other people in your garden that have great faith, they trust in Jesus Christ, then that seed of faith is going to begin to sprout up and grow. That seed of joy is going to begin to sprout up and grow. That ability to have that oil of gladness and to trade mourning for joy, that's going to happen also. So be careful what garden you are planting your seeds in. You need to make sure that you're in a garden filled with good seed. I'm going to say that again. Make sure you're in a garden filled with good seed. Amen. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you. I can see you now. <laughs> That's awesome. You're with me. Thank you, Mary Carey. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you guys so much. I don't know what happened, but I can see you now. I know you're with me. That's a prophetic word for us. Isaiah 61 11. A garden causes the seeds to grow. It's spring. Easter is here, Sunday's on the way, resurrection is powerful, and God wants to cause your seed of faith and nourishment and righteousness to grow like an oak tree, where it is not swayed by the winds or the waves of what's happening in the world. I don't care if it's the first wave, the third wave, the fourth wave of COVID, or the, you know, again, I want you to understand how relevant the Bible is. The Bible, Isaiah, was written 2,000 years ago, more than that. This book was written in 1994, and it talks about political unrest and droughts and famine and terrible things in the nations and nations fighting against nations and people fighting against people. It's not new what the enemy is trying to do. It may be more intense, but this is where God's child has to be in the word of God and say, I'm gonna make sure I'm in a good garden and the vine is my savior, Jesus Christ, and my seed is going to grow because I am planting it in a good place. In Isaiah chapter 62, verse 1, it says, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. I will not remain silent until her righteousness shines out like the dawn. The nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory, and you will be called by a new name. And verse five says, as a young man marries a maiden, as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Somebody type that in the chat. God rejoices over me. God rejoices over me. I want you to just type that. I want you to know. God is saying, I rejoice over you, Barb. I rejoice over you, Boriana, Eunicia, Cherry, Helen, Tim. Tim, Pastor, Pastor Tabby, when you're watching it, Christine, when you're watching it later, Sarah, I want you to know God rejoices over you. Mary, you're a daughter of the Most High, and he's saying, I rejoice over you. And because I do, imagine this, the presence and the power of the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, he's rejoicing over me. And when he rejoices, you know what spills out of heaven? Peace, love faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, meekness, kindness, temperance. The Bible says against such there is no law. So when we see that he is speaking about new life in Isaiah at the end of the book, we can be assured 
that not only can we have new life and new mercies every day, hi Salome, but we can also be sure that one day in heaven, all sorrow will end. All sickness will end. There won't be any more bags under my eyes. I won't have any wrinkles. I won't need to worry about my hair. I won't need to worry about if my clothes are fitting me after a year of COVID lockdown. I'm telling you what, I'm going to have a perfected body in the presence of the Lord one day. And so will you if you stand firm, if you stay steadfast and you plant your seed in good garden. It says in the middle of page 183, if you have trusted Christ your Savior, you are living today in a spiritual year of Jubilee. You've been set free. It's the acceptable year of the Lord. And we see in Revelation 1-6 that he made you a king. You've been anointed with the oil of the Holy Spirit. I read that to you just now. But we saw that in her days of rebellion, Israel was like a fading oak and a waterless garden, dried up, dried up. But in the kingdom which is to come, she will be like a well-watered garden and a tree, an oak of righteousness. All of God's people should be his trees. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. And we see that also in 61.3. Let's go on over to 184, okay? We're gonna finish this book today and it's gonna be amazing. So we see that there's a beginning of new life and the Lord speaks in Isaiah. We also see that the prophet speaks. We see that those who enter into the millennial kingdom um, it says that uh, they will marry and have families and enjoy God's blessings on the earth for a thousand years. Now, when we get to heaven, we're not going to be worried about any of that because we're going to be in our heavenly body. But if you want to study that, you study Revelation 20. They will study God's word from generation to generation, Isaiah 59 says. Then when the prophet speaks, He's speaking on behalf of the remnant who are praising God for all he has done. They rejoice that he has cleansed them, clothed them, and turned their desert into a fruitful garden. They have gone from a funeral to a wedding. Can you imagine? Um, I was listening to that song, The Goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful, Lord. All my life you have been good. I am running to the goodness of God. All my life, he has been faithful. Have I had sorrows in my life? Yes, I have. For those of you that know me and have heard my testimonies, you know at 15, my mother was killed by a drunk driver. She was only 39. I missed her, but it was because of that sorrow that the Holy Spirit came and I invited him to come in to the deepest chambers of my life. And it radically transformed my spiritual walk with Jesus. I was present when the doctor came out of a surgery and told me your husband's going to die or never speak again and I didn't prepare you for that and I'm aborting this surgery but I heard the Holy Spirit say I've got this I'm with you don't worry you won't be in sorrow he didn't say he wasn't going to die I didn't know what the outcome was going to be but I did know that God was with me and that he had planted me as a tree of oak of righteousness, that I would stay grafted to the vine because there had been a word from the Lord, the desert would be turned into a garden. The desert would be turned into a garden. Then in Isaiah 62, we see that he's talking about this new name. In verse one through six, it indicates that the Lord is the speaker. God doesn't hold his peace. God promises to keep speaking to us and working until all his purpose is fulfilled. In the case of Israel, she was married to Jehovah, but she will get a new name when she is reconciled to him. The watchman, so we saw that God speaks and the prophet speaks. Then we see in the bestowing of a new name that the watchman must not hold their peace. It says, Give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. I want to read Psalm 122, verse 6. Psalm 122, verse 6. This is important because we're studying Israel. We're studying Isaiah. And we're learning about the nation of Israel. And we're learning that as we watch their journey. This is biblical. We can't change biblical. 
That's God's holy word inspired to holy men. It's lasted for more than 2000 years. So Israel, we watch this nation of Israel, love God, but pull back, depend on wealth, and then depend on God, depend on idols, and then depend on God. And God said, I'm going to raise up a remnant of my children. But here, God is speaking to us, you and me, in Psalm 122, verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those you love be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be unto you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Psalm 122 is talking about stepping into the presence of God. And what Jerusalem was for the Israelites, the church is for the believer. So I want you to understand that as we look at Psalm 122, God isn't saying, well, I want to pray for myself, God. He said, pray for Jerusalem, because from that, we are going to see the reign of God on this earth for a thousand years. The Messiah is going to come, the Messiah that they had talked about, but some of them don't know that he hasn't come again yet. He came, Jesus came, and they need to know he came, amen? And he's coming again. And so we're not waiting for him to show up the first time. He already showed up. His name is Jesus Christ. He didn't stay in the tomb. There's all kind of tombs here in Rome with bishops and popes and Apostle Paul and Peter in a tomb. Guess what? Jesus is not in a tomb or a casket anywhere in the universe. Jesus is not in a tomb or a casket or an urn of ashes anywhere in the universe. Jesus is God the Father in the form of the Trinity, standing at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for you and me so that one day when the Messiah does come back, we can be comforted and know that our sorrow will end. We can be comforted knowing that he will give us strength to be like that oak of righteousness. We can be comforted that in the midst of COVID, we don't have to hold our peace. We can say, God, you're faithful. Amen. You are faithful. On page 145, God promises that the Jews will never again lose their harvest. What a privilege. According to Ezekiel 40 and 48, it says there will be a millennial temple and the Jews will worship there. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says today their minds are veiled, but then their eyes will be opened. Why is this so important? Because the Lord promised and prophesied something. Yes, Barb, we can be comforted. Amen, Shanta. We can be comforted when we know that God promised to send his son, Jesus, and he would bear stripes on his back. By his stripes, we would find healing. We are wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our sin would be upon him. And we have witnesses that saw that happen. Then we have witnesses of the women who went to the tomb after. That's what we're going to celebrate on Easter. And the angel of the Lord came to her and said, came to those ladies and said, don't be afraid. He's not here. He has risen just as he said. I want you to type that. Just as he said, Jesus will do what he said he would do. And he said he would give the Holy Spirit to be our comforter and our, our empowerment to live this life and that he would come again and we need to be ready. Yes, Mary, as long as we trust in the Savior, we're living in a spiritual jubilee. Hallelujah. And we can't hold it back. I can't hold it back. I don't want you to hold it back. So we see that God will have no rest until he accomplishes his purposes for his people. We see that the world will have no peace until God succeeds. And we see that the prayers of his people are an important part of the program. I wanna say that again. From this study in Isaiah, from chapters 61 to 66, we see that God will have no rest until he accomplishes his purpose for his people. That's why he said in Ezekiel 33, 11, I take no delight 
says the sovereign Lord, in the death of the wicked. But I would that they would turn from their evil ways and follow me. So God is not resting until he accomplishes his purposes for you and I, we're his people. He doesn't take any rest until he accomplishes that. Number two, that the, Lord, that the world will have no peace until he succeeds. If you're looking for the world, the nation, the country, the county, the commune, the hospital to figure it out so you can finally have peace about COVID, about pandemic, about chaos, the world will not have no peace until God succeeds. My peace is not in man. My confidence is not in myself. My confidence is built in Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And I can stand on that promise that I will have peace and the spirit of the sovereign Lord will come upon me and I will have an oil of joy for that gladness that he wants to give me. Amen? Amen. That's good. There is an announcing of a new victory. I'm going to go fast because I want to get to this next part. Page 186. Okay. We see that when Jesus came to earth the first time, it was to inaugurate the acceptable year of the Lord. When he comes the second time, it will climax the day of vengeance of our God and the enemy will be crushed like, drape, like grapes. These images don't appeal to sophisticated people, but I want you to know if you're walking with Jesus, the Bible says we're gonna be out of here. Says that we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord in the air, in the heavens. Amen. So I'm gonna walk with Jesus because it's bad enough on this planet right now. When it gets really bad, I want the rapture. I'm going. I'm buying a ticket. God sealed my travel plans when he unsealed the tomb. And all I gotta do to buy my ticket is speak the name of Jesus in my life. God sealed my travel plans for heaven when he unsealed the tomb and Jesus was not there. He was resurrected. The prophet will look back and see what God has done for Israel and praise God for his loving kindness. The prophet looked up and called on God to bear his arm and display his power. And he looked down. He asked God to look down and to come down. The writer of this book says this is one of the greatest revival prayers found in history. Listen to that. The prophet looked back at what God had done for Israel. Can you look back at what God has done for you? Can somebody type in the chat what God has done for you? Has God healed your heart? Has God healed your body? Has God healed your mind? When you look back, what do you see God has done? The prophet looked back to see what God has done. I wrote a book called Memories and Milestones, Stepping Forward by Looking Back. When I look back, I see that God was with me when my mom was killed. And I can step forward because I see that God is with me as I move forward. The prophet also praised God for that loving kindness. He looked up and he called for God to bear his arm and display his power. This is a season of time right now where we all need to be looking up. If you look around, if you listen to too much news, <laughs> mm. I don't know what distresses you when you look around. A lot of things distress me when I look around. But when I look up, I am not distressed. I don't lose my joy. I don't lose my peace. Peace. Isaiah has told us that peace will flow like a river in God's called children. And then he said he asked God to look down and come down. Just as God came down in the fire at Mount Sinai in Exodus 19, he's saying, let him come down again and reveal his awesome power to the nations. Even Isaiah says in 64, why did God not work wonders all the time? Because Israel was sinning. They were blocking God. You know, in your own life, that's the one thing God will not force himself on you or I. We have to invite him in. We have to allow him to change us. Amen. Salome, your heart was healed. Amen. I'm not afraid anymore. That's awesome. That's awesome. What God has done when you look back. More of you. God bless me with supernatural peace. Amen, Shanta. Amen. I'm aware of that. Amen. Amen. I know Mary's there and I know God touched Mary's son and gave him a great healing as well. Amen. This is the season to look up. And it's also the season to ask God to please come down among our nations. Amen. 
Yes, Barb, God is a gentleman. He doesn't, he's not pushy, but he is strong. Um, last night we read a scripture that said, grace so powerfully works inside of me. Um, and so when we see this in Isaiah 64, 12, we're gonna see that God, so the prophet was saying, what about God? What did he do? What's he gonna do? I need you, God, come on down here and help me. And now we're gonna see God's reply in the next two chapters. In Isaiah 64, 12, it says, after all this, did you ever, I mean, scripture is relevant to how we feel. It says, after all this, O Lord, will you hold yourself back? Will you keep silent and punish us beyond measure? <laughs> Have you ever felt like that? God, are you listening? Are you going to come? How long has it been and you haven't heard me? I need you, God. I long to see you. Well, let's see how God replies in the next two chapters. In Isaiah 65, 6, it says, I will not keep silent. See, it stands written before me. I will not keep silent, but will pay back in full. I will pay it back into their lips for their sins. But also, here's what the sovereign Lord says. When the juice is still found in the cluster of grapes, God says, I will not destroy them all. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob. My chosen people will inherit and that's where my servants will live as my people seek me. Listen, the last two chapters of Isaiah are intense. And it is a reminder that we may not, we must not get complacent. Don't put your confidence in man. Don't put your confidence in government. I support government. We honor what they ask us to do. Um, as long as it's not illegal or we honor it. It's hard living on this planet Earth, but I want you to know my confidence is in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So when I look at these last two chapters, it's a reminder from Abba, Father, don't sin. <laughs> Italians go, mm-mm, don't do that, mm-mm. Can I buy gelato here? Mm-mm, it's not warm enough yet. Can I come in here and go shopping? Mm-mm, not open today. Listen, God is saying, mm-mm, don't sin. Stay strong, stay steadfast. That was one of those first verses. One of you can go back up there and read that verse and put it in the chat again that said, be firm, be steadfast. So here's what, here's what we see. There was a lot that was happening in Isaiah chapter 66. I want to read to you from Isaiah 66, uh, specifically starting in verse 12. Here's what the Lord says, Isaiah 66, 12. I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. She will nurse and be carried on her arm as a mother comforts her child. So will I comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. And when you see this, your heart will rejoice. You will flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants, but his fury will be shown to his foes. Wow. Wow. That's a promise. The hand of the Lord, Isaiah 66, verse 14, the hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants. He's going to make his hand known to you, but the fury of the Lord will be made known to those who oppose him. It's very important. Very, very important. You must see and understand that. I also want us to look over at Isaiah, these last couple verses, I'm in Isaiah 66 now, okay? Um, Isaiah brings his book to a close. I'm reading from my Life Application Study Bible from these last couple verses. The birth of a new nation is being promised. Messiah is coming, amen? He's promising that you will have peace like a river. I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. Listen, the Lord wants to put a new song in your heart and your life today. 
I'm so thankful that as we read Isaiah 66, the closing chapter of our book and our book study from Be Comforted, Isaiah brings his book to a close with some great drama. Listen, it's not boring serving Jesus. <laughs> uh, I had some fun with Rosie the Reindeer on Tuesday. You can go back and watch the video. It's on ICF Rome Facebook page. But here's the thing, even with great drama, God is bigger than all the drama. Somebody needs to type that in the chat. God is bigger than all the drama. Ooh, I feel a witness. God is bigger than all the dramas. I know you're laughing at me, but isn't that powerful? Isaiah's saying there's going to be a lot of drama at the end, but my God is greater. My God is greater. God is bigger than all the drama. For the faithful, there's a glorious picture of a rich reward. So will your name and descendants endure. Verse 22 says, as the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me, says the Lord, so will your name and descendants endure from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. They will go out and look upon the dead bodies who rebelled against me, and they will be loathsome to all mankind. You know, if I was, I, I would kind of say to Isaiah, could you not have, why did you have to end it with <laughs> their worm won't die and they'll be dead and the loathsome of mankind? But you know what? Because this is a serious thing. If we don't live righteous, we won't make heaven. If you and I don't repent when we disappoint the Lord, when we have evil thoughts, when things are wrong, if we don't stay in right standing with the Lord and we're so prideful that we think, oh, I prayed it back in 2009 uh, or 1984 or 19, some of you were just not even born yet. I know. <laughs> Listen, Isaiah is saying, it's going to be amazing. There's going to be great drama, but God is bigger than all the drama. But you got to stay pure because if you're loathsome to God, if you are not pure, God will make his fury known to the foes. But isn't that a powerful blessing too? I've had a few foes. <laughs> okay, God, make your fury known to the foes of God's word. I'm going to live in that righteous stream. It's powerful. It's powerful. And so we see that the worshiper determines the value of the offering. In that day, God's people were trembling at his words. Were they? No, they weren't. They had forgotten their hearts, had gotten far from God. But he promised that he would come and dwell with us. Here's what it says in that last page of page 190 in our book. Right here. See it? You see that? This has been an awesome book study. This is our next book study, Trustworthy by Lisa Turquist. Next week, I'm not going to be on here live, but I will have some video encouragement. Here's what we learn throughout this book from Isaiah. Number one, trust the Lord and live or rebel and die. Trust the Lord and live. Number two, we see the grace and mercy of God offered with forgiveness. And we see the grace of forgiveness we, he also explained, so we trust the Lord, know his grace. He also explained the holiness and the wrath of God. Holiness matters. What you do on a daily basis matters. What you do when no one's watching matters because you are making a pathway into your heart for the enemy to have access. I'm doing some reading on some uh, healthy living and counseling certain things. And one of the things it says is two senses that are very important to well-being, vision and hearing. What you see and what you hear matters to your well-being. That's why our sight is so important. I don't think it's uh, ironic that 2020, everybody was talking about God's vision. And then we had something that we weren't expecting, but we actually learned that God is not made in temples with hand, built with hands and wood and mortar. God dwells in you and I. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You ask a little child, where does Jesus live? And we, he, they say, he lives in my heart. Jesus wants to live in your heart today. Maybe you need to share this with somebody to remind them that he wants us to be holy. And he promised glory for those who would believe. He promised our sorrows to come to an end. 
and he has explained that the foolishness of trusting in man's wisdom and resources. I love it when the income tax refund comes into my bank account and I got a little bonus from the government. Whoop, whoop. But guess what? God is my provider. God is my provider. If I trust in man, I will be let down. If I trust in myself, I might give up on myself sometimes. But when I trust in God, he will never let me down. His name is a strong tower. The Bible says, I'm going to read this last to you. There is no peace, says the Lord, unto the wicked. For in order to have peace, you must have righteousness. And the only way to have righteousness is to have faith in Jesus Christ. Romans 3, 19-31. Isaiah's message, be comforted by the Lord. Isaiah 12, 1. And you, there's a whole bunch of more. But God can't comfort a rebel. If we're sinning against God and comfortable about it, Something is radically wrong, and that false comfort will lead to false confidence that will lead to a chastening by the Holy Spirit. But he says in 55, 6, seek the Lord while he may be found, and though your sins be as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Oh, Lord, I will praise you. Even if you were angry for me, your anger was turned away, and you comfort me. Isaiah 12, 1. Just want to make sure that's the whole verse. In that day, I, you will say, I will praise you, O Lord. Your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. I know it's 101. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. This has been a wonderful study for me too during this time of COVID. I love you. I'm praying for you. If you were to give a word of encouragement as we're signing off, we're going to take a couple extra minutes, okay? But if you were to give a word of encouragement to somebody that's watching now or later that may be weary, what would you say to the one who mourns? What would you say to the one who needs comforted? Seek the Lord while he may be found that he promised our sorrow would come to an end and that he promised to give us peace that passes understanding. He gives us peace. He said his word, his word, his word, his word, his word, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Stay in the Bible. The Bible is God's word. It's true from cover to cover. Yes, Barb. You tell them to trust God with all your heart and all your days and that you're not doing it alone. You're not doing it alone. If you're my friend on Facebook, you can see my post this morning about praise and prayer. Don't ever let anybody steal your praise. It's not bragging. It's testifying of what God did when I look back. I'm praising God. And there's a song I've been listening to, and she said, you don't even have to wait until the, the battle's won because God's never lost a battle. He's never lost. So we praise him today. So will you just join me for a minute? And uh, I'll see you next Thursday online, but I'll send you some little notes so that you can join the Zoom and we can actually be together even more. We are going to be comforted. Yes, Eunicia and Helen, because Sunday is coming. Woo-hoo! Father, I thank you for this study on the book of Isaiah, that we see predictions and punishments when we turn away from you. But God, we see prophecies and promises fulfilled time and time again with the peace of God and the presence of God and the purpose of God being fulfilled in each of our lives, that we will be like a well-watered garden and our Lives will sprout new life. Our seed will grow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Mary, for that takeaway. I see it. I see it. Amen. God is faithful. God is so faithful. I love you. Have an amazing, amazing week. Amazing week. God will never let you down. His promise never expires. That's right, Shanta. His promise never expires. And we can stand firm. You know, when you're standing firm, it's not a feeling. It's an action. Standing firm in your faith in God is not a feeling. It's an action. I do it deliberately. And God loves you, and so do I. Hugs from Pastor Jen. 
I will see you on Sunday and I will see you again, Barb. I love you. Thank you for being a part of this. Our friendship is even deeper through this year of being online together. Barb shared a video with us before. You'll see that. Thank you, Boriana. Thank you all for joining me. Love you. Let's celebrate the resurrection. If it's a little bit cold and rainy, don't worry. Just wrap a scarf around your neck. You'll be fine. We're going to celebrate the resurrection on Sunday. God bless. Go to the website, look at all the things. The classes are coming up. You need to be in the classes. The relationship conference. Oh, can I just tell you about that? Relationships reunited. It's not just about, you know, uh, dating or marriage or anything like that. It's about the fact that so much in the world has divided us. And God wants us to reunite so that we can be like the prophet was, a mouthpiece of comfort and peace and propelling Jesus to others. I love you. Check the website. There's going to be some amazing things coming up that you can do online. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Have a great day. Ciao, ciao.